My name is Ian Boswell. I was a world tour professional cyclist for seven years. Skyrider from the USA is a fighter. Well, Ian Boswell is turning up the cranks. Also the host of this fine podcast, Breakfast with Boz, being served by Wahoo. The Breakfast with Boz podcast dives into the world of endurance sports, whether it's cycling, multi-sport, running, anything that inspires us to get out and move, we cover right here on Breakfast with Boz. Let's get cooking on Breakfast with Boz. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Breakfast with Tom. Not Breakfast with Boz this week. I am joined by... uh, the producer of this episode, Tom Wally, who was recently at the World Championships. Tom, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. But I mean, I am here most weeks, but uh, you just don't hear from me. No, we don't. And you were just recently up at the World Championships. Um, you know, usually we start, as you know well, with a little breakfast. What, what, what did you have? A full, a full Scottish breakfast, some porridge. What do you, what do you get up there? What do they treat you to? Well, do you know what? I, sh- I wish I'd got the name of it. Actually, they do these. Uh, yeah, porridge is a big part of it, but they do these sort of little potato cakes. Listen, while we're listening to uh, my report, maybe I should Google what they're called (laughs) and find (laughs) out. Um, Yeah, I was looked after very well in Scotland. Yeah, it was was great. Yeah, well, you were up there for a number of days. Obviously, this is the first ever Super Worlds, um, not just road, track, mountain bike, BMX, artistic cycling, a bit of everything. Um, You had the chance to head up there. A little bit easier for you to get up there from from Britain up to Scotland. But (laughs) you say uh, that. What do we... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's probably not as as easy as I think. But uh, what are we gonna What are we gonna hear from? What you What you capture while you're up there? Well, I was there. So obviously, what was eleven days? I think the full event was. So I was there for three, give or take, uh, two sort of full days. So uh, I kind of got there in time for the men's elite road race. And then I spent a bit of time at the track as well. But you're not just going to hear uh, about the racing because we all know what happened in the racing. I'm very much more interested in what Glasgow felt like. And also you've got to add that you know Edinburgh was part of this and the wider sort of region around Glasgow. Because there were events taking place like you know about an hour and a half away, some of the mountain bike stuff. Um, so yeah, I just threw myself into the middle of it and this is what happened. And so the journey begins, just a matter of five, maybe closer to six hours on the train for me, up from my home in Nottingham, south of the border in England, to Glasgow. And what a greeting I got from Glasgow the second I stepped out of Glasgow Central train station. There in front of me going past was the junior men's road race. Well, I've just done my first little recce around Glasgow. I've gone from where I'm staying, I've been down to the uh, Glasgow Green, where a lot of the BMX stuff is happening. And now I find myself on the road race circuit. 
There's Nico Roach. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm uh, from Ian Boswell's podcast. I will do. <laughs> Nico Roche says hi. Amazing who you bump into at these cycling events just walking around. That was just a little bit of Saturday before the main event on Sunday, which was the men's elite road race. But before we could get to Sunday, both myself and the course had to survive a Saturday night in Glasgow. Well, good morning from my first full day here in Glasgow for the UCI Cycling World Championships. I'm actually just about to leave Glasgow and head over to Edinburgh, which is a pretty short hop on the train. It's going to take me about an hour this morning. Pretty common journey going through, as uh, people used to say when I actually lived in Edinburgh. Uh, a long while back sort of around the turn of the century and um, yeah I'm going to head over there to catch the start of the race I've done a little check on the uh, the road race course this morning because it had to survive a, a Glasgow night which is um, well it's a Saturday night in Glasgow which is not too different to any city in the, in the UK Saturday nights are big quite boozy it was pretty chaotic out there on the street so uh yeah most of the barriers seem to have survived which is which is really good but yeah i'm going to head over to edinburgh and i really for me it was really important to be in edinburgh for at least a portion of this trip and i thought well as soon as the, the road race the men's road race starts out there it'd be great to go through this morning catch a bit of that atmosphere and particularly because while they're here in Glasgow, there is a festival of cycling happening. Over in Edinburgh, there's a very different festival taking place right now. My name's John. Hey, Garth. Um, so I'm, I'm getting this train this morning because I want to be there for the start in Edinburgh. I'm looking around. See, not too many of us making the same trip. It doesn't appear to be. But Why is it important for you to do it? Uh, you just get to see the riders close up and uh, hopefully and maybe get to chat with them and uh, you know get some pictures or something. And Whereabouts in Edinburgh are you going to be? I'm going to head to the Royal Mile, um, somewhere on there, or try and get down to the actual start area if I can, but it's, I think... Yeah, getting from Holyrood to the Royal Mile could you've be... You've got half an hour. You've got half an hour. Train arriving, so it's going to be a bit of a... I think Royal Mile is the one for me. And then you get taking a show afterwards? No, I'll be coming straight back, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll be on the circuit. But you seem like a... Obviously, I'm looking at your jersey. You're wearing a, a Scotland cycling jersey. Yeah. Proud Scotsman. What's it like having the world, well, this world champs in Scotland? It's absolutely massive, yeah. It's brilliant. We've had some good sporting events in the last few years, Commonwealth Games, etc. So it's, it's really big for the country, and it promotes the, promotes the place and uh, should help us get independence, hopefully. <laughs> Well, here we are. I'm in Edinburgh on what is a, a beautiful morning. Some of the race convoy for the men's road race, men's elite road race, just coming through now, a lot of police vehicles. We are on the world-famous Royal Mile. This is before the race starts, before kilometre zero, before the flag drops, the riders are going to come through here. But it's just a beautiful, historic street 
cobbled street that leads all the way up to beautiful Edinburgh Castle. It's a really sort of gothic looking street. Uh, one of my favourite places in the world. I actually used to work here once upon a time. I lived in Edinburgh in the early 2000s for, for a short spell and I had an office uh, just, just off this street. But one of the reasons I really wanted to come to Edinburgh, there's a couple of reasons, obviously because the road race starts here and we're going to follow it back to, back to Glasgow. Um, but one of the reasons I, I want to come here is obviously because I used to live in this city but also uh, a dear friend of ours who introduced me to Ian all those years ago, uh, Richard Moore. This was his hometown. Richard Moore was uh, a writer, a journalist and a podcaster and a great friend and a mentor and Richard passed away just over a year ago but I was actually here in Edinburgh um, little more than a month ago for Richard's memorial service and a bike ride um, with Sir Chris Hoy around Holyrood around Holyrood Park which is where the road race starts today so that's why I wanted to be here but also another reason is in Glasgow taking place right now is a a festival of cycling, the UCI Worlds, the first Super Worlds with all the disciplines together, their World Championships taking place. But there's a very different festival taking place right here in Edinburgh. It's the Edinburgh Festival, the Fringe, world famous Fringe, which is an arts, comedy, theatre festival. And that's taking place right now. So conceivably, I could go watch the start of this race taking a short comedy show and then get back to Glasgow and watch the end of the race what a great time to be in Scotland I found a competitor on the Royal Mile <laughs> how, how are you doing John? yeah not so bad thanks yeah, pretty good yeah. John? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. you rode the, which, which event did you race? I did the 50 to 54s in the what discipline? Uh, it's the road race oh, the Grand Fondo yeah yeah the Grand Fondo uh, 100 and, well just under 160 kilometres it was yeah. yeah so what was it so what was the the route then did you do the similar sort of circuit through the city that the, the road uh, race can do? Uh, we did not really because uh, yeah yeah we did it in Perth um, so we started in Perth and finished in Perth because uh, again for us as, as amateurs um, it's already expensive as enough as it is to try and you know for everyone to get there um, I think there was something like 33 countries taking part um, coming from like I say 33 countries all over the world so it's quite expensive for people to do it so I think they, they're quite clever they make sure that you start and finish at the same space the same do you, for doing the Grand Fondo then do you get a GB kit for doing that? Uh, yeah you do but you don't get it you have to pay for it so <laughs> So it's, um, yeah, so... Still, though, listen, you represent your country, that is something big. Ah, it's massive. It's, um, it's, still, it's still amazing, you know, you still feel good, you know, especially when you start getting to uh, our ages, you know, it's still nice to be able to... Uh, I did it in 2017 in Kilmarnock, and I qualified, but the, I think it was in France that year, so I couldn't go, but... And it was an awful, awful windy day. It was dreadful. Well, tell me about the Grand Fondo scene then, because it's, it's, it's a scene I don't touch very often, really. Like, what's the? Um, what, just describe the sort of Grand Fondo culture. Is it, is it different to a regular sort of road racing culture? Is it? You know, I mean, who t- who's? The, I mean, I know there's a lot of ex-pros taking part. Yeah, there's definitely a, definitely ex-pros. I mean, for the the winner, for instance, on Friday, he happened to be the uh, the owner or the 
uh, Astana. So Vinikurov. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did Vin- I didn't realise that Vinikurov. Oh right, wow. He, he actually won our age category. I've not asked you about your race yet. I've, I've, I've got. I'm going to get onto it. How was your race? It was actually not too bad. Um, for me, uh, as soon as I hit the second climb, there's there's quite a few climbs, but there's the second climb that killed me off. Um, so, cut long story short, I came 151st out of 217 guys in four hours 27 minutes. So, we're still quite good. Uh, we're only I was what 20, 22 minutes, 23 minutes off of the the winning time. So, we're still it's still good. So Chapeau, well done, nice one, mate. Fantastic. What I love about Worlds is uh, smaller nations and interesting kits, and I've spotted one right in the front. Who are you representing? I'm representing Belize, of course, Central America. Big up Belize, yay! (laughs) Um, Are you competing? I'm not competing, but I like watching in my head I'm competing. (laughs) And and, uh, so does Belize have many athletes competing here? Just two two for the road race and one for um, track. Tell me about Belize's cycling culture. Is cycling a big sport? Yes, it is. We've been doing cycling for the past 100 years. We do an annual cross-country cycle race, and we have people from all over the world competing as well. It's only a one-day, but it's, it's amazing. It's popular. Great crowd. You would cheer the riders on the way. Get ready to make as much noise as you possibly can. You can't join them the front of the race, but uh, give the riders a big cheer nonetheless. This is the World Championship Did you see your riders? No, I didn't. I'm so sad. But I'm here, so it's okay. I think they heard you. I'm I'm hoping so. Thank you. Do you want to say hello to Ian? I'm, I'm, I'm Ian today. Hi Ian. Hi Ian. Who are you? Sorry. I'm Ruth from Wales. Um, and I've come all the way to, with my friend. We've just seen Van Aert in the, um, at the start. Was, was that your main objective? That was the main objective was to get a photograph because she is Van Aert's biggest fan and we got, we got the photo by the team bus. Oh, what a difference a day makes. Back in Glasgow, have to go at the start. And I'm in George Square. And today, the sun is shining. This time yesterday, it was absolutely tipping it down. I felt really bad for the for the musicians playing to the to the crowds here. Ah, oh, this is nice. Scrolling through your social media nine riders parked up, making the most of the opportunity. Making the most of the opportunity to have a little pause, they'll be taking on extra nutrition. I have no information yet as to why this has happened out on the road. They had eight and a half minutes of lead, 
and our breakaway has been stopped. Now, I'm sure there'll be some people at the roadside scrolling through their phone going, I know what it is, I've just read it, but we will wait. I want to give you accurate information on why the race has been stopped at this stage. While there was that confusing stop in the men's elite road race, I bumped into Fabian Cancellara. What's your role here at the World Champs this year? My role? Uh, watching the world. You just uh, watch it? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I'm, I'm here to watch, but on the other hand, of course, at cycling, it's it's my path is, uh, I mean, to the pro cycling, I mean, riders, network, politics, I mean, it's so much fans, people, just be here and, uh, and support Glasgow, I think, uh, thank you Glasgow, thank you to all the people that have made that possible to make this special cycling cycling world championship for many disciplines and uh, I mean it's nice to be back in, in England Scotland, in the north uh, the dialect is quite difficult to understand sometimes but uh, yeah, on the end it's not all good I'm happy and uh, nice to be here Are you, are you all cycling fans? Is this, yeah, we uh, you, do. We love it because on Planet Gaiaki we don't have uh, bikes. No, because we, we don't, don't we have much have... gravity. So we really love to come here and see the cyclists. Yes. Yeah, we love we love Planet Earth. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we're actually space sailors, uh, which are called Chuk Muk Cosmos Melodies. Right, it's time to mingle with the fans. I think the most popular place to watch this men's elite road race today is here on Montrose Street and you would have seen that if you've been on social media any time in the last few days there's footage of uh, Matthew van der Poel going up here in training does remind me a bit of the Richmond World Championships it is going to be vitally important this part of the race in all the road race events but it's amazing to look out over it as well I don't know if the TV cameras will pick this out but as the riders turn right to come up this climb it's next to a a three story car park and there's people on every level of it getting a place to watch the race and I can't think of anywhere better to be honest Glasgow has really turned out. Who are we supporting, guys? Who are we supporting? Bogartia. Who are we supporting?
turning up here in the car park. I found Tom from the cycling podcast. How's it going, Tom? Yeah, it's, I think we've got the place to be, I mean, especially if that promised rain comes down. Absolutely. I know some guys came here for the Commonwealth Games, so, you know, yeah. Oh. Love it. I'm only about the sound, so like, I'm just getting the noisiest place. So this is the spot, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One word to describe the champs. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to pull one. That's hard. Busy. It was also a bit weird. <laughs> when that, it was a bit weird earlier on. It got okay. a little weird bit. Busy, hectic, but it's beautiful. Okay, we got lots of words lots there, of but we words. like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. We're all much, in John. English, though, so that's fair, isn't it? <laughs> Have a great time. Yeah, you too. See Thanks. You Thanks, Glasgow. It is one minute, one minute for Mathieu van der Poel. We have a very nervous young lady right in front of our booth right now watching on the screen as she knows that this is a moment that not just him but his whole family has waited for. He is up there at Francis. He is Klaus van der Poel. What a moment. What a deserving moment for the Dutchman who's battled everything in his way. À la première place, champion du monde, ici et gagnant de la médaille d'or, représentant les Pays-Bas, Mathieu Van der Poel. I've been to two races this season. I've been yeah. to Paris-Roubaix and the World Champs. You what see, do they have in common? You see the best races every year. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's great. Mike van der Poel was great today. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was beautiful, wasn't he? Yeah, and uh, Wout van Aert second. Great. Did you notice, Good rider. Did you notice that Wout van Aert never looked at the rainbow jersey? when He, got, he never took one look at it. No, uh, I, yeah. When they give uh, each other a hand, they don't watch each other. Never. Anyway, but congratulations. Yeah, yeah, thank you very is much. Is he going to win the mountain bike as well? Is he going to do it? I hope it. I hope it. I hope it. But we, we can't visit because there are no tickets anymore. So okay. I'll see if we can help you out. One more song. Yeah. Yeah. Van der Poel. Van der So I've just been for my morning run, took in some of the road race course, went past the BMX park, and again, really feeling like 
cycling has taken over this city. In fact, one of the things I noticed when I was on my run, that's a lovely thing that they do here in Glasgow. Uh, on Glasgow Green, which is the park where the BMX park events uh, are taking place, there's a little digital ticker that tells you how many cyclists have come along that route on that day and then another tally next to it of how many have come through this year and it's in you know the tens of thousands but yeah, I just thought what a lovely touch for a city to have you know recording the number of cyclists and there are some great cycle routes here as well so you know it feels like a cycling city and that's great but Glasgow itself I should probably talk a little bit about the city and what it means to Scotland and to, to Britain as a whole once upon a time back in the time of the British Empire for all its ills um, Glasgow was the second city of the empire and you know they said the sun never set on the British Empire it took in about a third of the world or something like that but Glasgow was the second city after London and that's because Glasgow is a huge, huge industrial powerhouse, or it was. So in those days, they built locomotive engines as part of that industrial revolution that transformed the world. They also they built ships here, giant ships that travelled the world. And a lot of those industries, obviously, have seen better days. They've been decimated in recent years. And... But that's what Glasgow meant to... So, so, so it is a really big, important city. There is, a, there is a sense of some faded glamour there. But it's also a city, my experience, known for culture. Um, particularly in my sense, obviously there's a great art um, school here, Glasgow School of Art, very, very famous, very prestigious, but also um, for music, you know, it's unavoidable bands like Mogwai, Bell and Sebastian, bands that have sort of been, I've been in their, I was going to say they've, they've been in my orbit, no, I've been in their orbit, they're bands that are sort of really important to a certain generation of, of people particularly involved in, in alternative music. So Glasgow has had a hu- made a really huge cultural footprint in terms, of, in terms of music, and that's how I sort of identify with the city. But coming away from this World Championships, I will have a different view of Glasgow, and it will now forever be associated with cycling for me. So I talked there about Glasgow being a cycling city. I think the one other thing I'll want to talk about is that Glasgow is a football city. It's home to several football clubs, but the two giants, the two most famous football clubs being Rangers and Celtic. Both of them are giant clubs. Rangers were the first British club to reach a European final. Celtic the first British club to win the European Cup. They're actually divided along um, religious lines, Celtic being a traditionally Catholic club and Rangers being a Protestant club. And their rivalry is fierce and it's often 
well, very toxic to say the least. But they are two very, very proud institutions that dominate this city's sporting landscape. And in fact, you know, if you're here for the cycling, you can't avoid the clubs either, because if you're going to go to the Sir Chris Hoy Velodrome, that sits in the shadow of Celtic Park, where Celtic play their home matches. I've just seen Patrick Lefevre, the boss of uh, Quickstep Sudal. Didn't want to talk to me on the, on the mic, but I, did, uh, I just told him that I really enjoyed the Netflix documentary about Mark Cavendish. And I just I did sort of jokingly suggest that Patrick maybe offers him one more year, but he just laughed that off. But, well, if he does, yeah, maybe I gave him the idea. How you doing, you all right? How's it going having the, cycl- having the cycling in town? It's good, yeah. Can't, can't complain. It's nice to see all the tourists and there's a good vibe about the city, which is always good. Are you a Glaswegian? Yes, I am. You are. So, quite disruptive having this in town. But it, it is, but ultimately... It brings a nice vibe to the, to the city and tourists are always welcome, so it's nice to see them about and just a lot of confused people with the road closures and how to get across the roads and stuff, but no, it's good. It's a good what, atmosphere. What I haven't told people is you're a police officer. So oh, yes, <laughs> good, has it been Has it been good-natured, good-spirited, everything been okay? Of course, yeah. It's been great. Every, everybody's just having fun and enjoying it, really, so it's been very nice to police it. Good morning, volunteer. Are you volunteers? Yes. Are you cycling fans? Yes, big cycling fans, yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, ah, yeah. So that's why you signed up to volunteer that, then? We're hoping to see some famous people like Wout van Aert and people like that, so yeah. Uh-huh. yeah right, I've bumped, so far I've bumped into Fabian Cancellara, I've bumped <gasps> into Michelle Prudhomme, Patrick Lefebvre's around the corner. Andre Greipel was here. I didn't see Greipel. Saw Pippa York. Very oh, wow. exciting. Hannah for a, Walker. For a, for a Scots person, I'd see Pippa York. Oh, Pippa really. York's amazing because we don't have a lot of big, big stars from Chris Hoy but yeah brilliant it's great atmosphere uh-huh. yeah how, how about you are you a cycling fan yeah oh definitely and uh, Glaswegian yep yep what's, what's it like having this in your city brilliant absolutely fantastic I yeah. think it'll bring more people to the city and money as well well I think so I mean just looking like I mean I can see all the you know the Belgian and Dutch fans in particular who come en masse now, I know a lot of businesses have had to you know maybe not got the footfall though they think and taxi yeah. drivers haven't been so happy but no, no. on the flip side there's a lot of positives right yeah there was a volunteer I was working with the other day it came from Australia amazing I mean coming that yeah. far to volunteer is amazing and does it give you as Glaswegian you're, you're Glaswegian as well absolutely I mean does it give you a sense of pride I think not just a Glaswegian just being Scottish you know seeing them coming from Edinburgh yesterday and seeing Falkirk and all that and then they're up at Fort William they're at Glentress so it's the whole of Scotland that you're proud of mm-hmm. yeah. well I'd just like to say thanks for having us well you're welcome you're welcome anytime <laughs> I think that's the beauty of events like these hopefully you just heard that bell being rung and when there's such a big event like this with multiple disciplines, you're always sort of surprised. This, I didn't actually know this was on the programme. There is some, um, organised by Scottish Cycling, there are some, uh, some kids' races taking place. So I'll see if I can get a flavour of that. And they're racing on the same circuit as the, as the men did yesterday. Well, listen, I don't have to ask you if you're cycling fans because you're both on bikes. So <laughs> That's pretty obvious, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Glaswegians? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Are you are you competing at all? No. No, 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 no. no, no. So what, 
what I just I'm just trying to get a sort of a gauge of what it oh as a race comes past us some kids sprinting amazing are you supporting anyone in this race or anything is it is, yeah, we Ruben McCarty Johnson. We Ruben McCarty is that a name to is that a name to look out for in the future yes yeah. definitely um, what is it like having this event in the city it's just crazy it's just people that you watch when you're younger in the TV in your home city it's, it's crazy it's mental I mean, obviously, not everyone shares the same opinion. There's quite a lot of disruption. But obviously, you, I guess you can see a lot of the, the benefits yeah. of having some. Yeah, definitely. I think I, I can understand as well how much of a disruption it can be, but it's also like there's a lot of football and stuff goes on in Glasgow, so it's not really any different. It's just one of the things that it's bringing so much light to the sport in, in Scotland when it's not it's maybe put to the side quite a lot. So, yeah. What's the, I'm just trying to get a sort of a, a flavour of the cycling culture in, in Scotland. Like, is it... Is it in a? I mean, down south. I, I live in England, and you know, British cycling's at a bit of a low ebb domestically in terms of you know races being put on and pro teams and stuff. What's it like? What's cycling like in Scotland? Uh, I'd say it's quite similar to England. It's all yeah. There's clubs put on a lot of local races for all age groups, try to get people in, but it's just the general public kind of. There's not really a hate, but a dislike towards people being on the roads and everything so it does put people off but clubs and races everywhere cycle cross roads it's all like this is brilliant uh, we were from the US yes oh you moved in we've left we've just left right that's right where's home now right here right where I'm standing right in Glasgow at the at the world cycling championships this is home but you didn't know did you not know this was going on no idea <laughs> I could not figure out why hotels were so expensive. Well, that's because of the Edinburgh Festival and this at the same time. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. No, this is nothing like the Edinburgh Festival. No, uh, no, not at all. But how you, so as non-cycling fans, how are you finding it? We just found our way here to George Square. So um, we haven't found anything yet other than there seem to be the juniors racing now, which is uh, awfully exciting. I, I actually was toying with bicycle racing when I was a junior, but um, it didn't last very long because I realized it was a lot of work. You know, we left the United States about 16 months ago. We've been traveling ever since, so we have a smile on our face all the time, and whatever we run into is just part of the road, you know? Well, so you've just literally just up sticks, and you're just on the road all the time then? We sold our home, our car, our furniture. Everything we owned is now in three bags, uh, which are back at the hotel, and we just, uh, we just travel. Is that about right? Uh, we call it our retire moon. Um, also sort of chapter three, you know, adults, parents, and now adults again. I can't wait for chapter three. I'm in chapter two very much. That's right. Yeah, and it's good. And chapter two is wonderful. Live in it, luxuriate in it, bathe in it, enjoy every minute of it, because it's sad when it starts to fade. Or we just uh, said our 22-year-old son just graduated from uni, and we just set him off on a two-and-a-half-month tour of Europe with his friend backpacking. So, um, you know... We're, we're really in chapter three and chapter three is lovely because we don't you know we don't we haven't married we don't have to marry our doctors yet you know where there's some heavy petting going on there's definitely some dating and stuff but we're not married to our doctors so we get some time to just be ourselves which is lovely I've just got in a lift with some Chris Hoy, better driver. And I've got to speak to some gentlemen. They've all got very interesting Lotus logos on their, on their uniform, on their polo shirts, and on their jackets. So I had to ask them, are you involved in this, this beautiful new bike that, that British Cycling is using? 
Hi, I'm, I'm John. Yeah, I work for Lotus and I've been testing the new bike to make sure it meets uh, ISO standards. Wow. So, so you actually, so you've been involved from the very start with me? Yeah, I was involved with the Tokyo bike and uh, now those skills have now been transferred onto the uh, current bike. And what about your guys' roles? Have you, have you had um, I'm a material specialist, so I look after the carbon fibre side of things, so mostly the fork manufacturer, but we also look after uh, working with DK on the design side of things as well. He does most of the design and we support that activity. He's a very clever man who I've spoken to in, in the past. Yeah, he's genius. <laughs> really, really clever guy, absolutely knows his stuff and has so much history with cycling so yeah he's definitely the maestro he's been a, he's been a rider pretty, pretty decent rider himself hasn't he yeah he? I, I believe so yeah. before my time yeah. but yeah <laughs> but yeah I, I, I believe so but he's got such a passion for it and it's just knowledge is is superb we've we've learned an awful lot from him and what about what about your role in the project i don't know guys what would you, you say <laughs> i'd say i'd say technical lead but i don't do anything useful apart from making sure it all happens what's your name uh mike yeah. Um, well, listen, I'm not going to ask you to reveal anything about the bikes, but what I was interested in is we last talked about it, well, I last talked about it, sort of the last Olympic cycle, um, and this is my first chance to sort of see it in its... Is it in a new iteration? Yeah, yeah, this is a new bike for the Paris Olympics that needs to be revealed here so that it's qualified um, in, in, a, in a UCI race. So... You will see slight differences. Uh, some of the differences are tweaking the existing design, increasing the aero, and incre- improving the ergonomics for the rider through the bars. Well, well listen, I'm going to go into Track Centre and I am going to see it. Um, what should I be looking at when I look at this new version? Uh, shape of the bars, shape of the back of the fork. But we, you know, there's some interesting shapes there. But it's for other people to decide whether it's an advantage uh, in in aero or not. Um, it's it obviously it comes down to the rider at the end of the day being at their their absolute peak. Um, and the other thing we, we spoke about in the lift, I want to talk about was the sort of the original Lotus bike, which which just just changed the game. And it's still you know I know there are collectors out there who seek, seek out every last one that's on the market. Um, you've got one. You you sort of eat your lunch next to one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's still a very very radical design. And uh, obviously, Chris Boardman did amazing things on it in '92. Um, yeah, it's something that we yeah. Whilst we're having our cheese sandwiches, it's in the background. But uh, yeah, we can still look at it as an inspiring piece of design from 30 years ago. Well, when you get to my age, you do the media fundo, which is a bit you know a bit more doable. It's a slight 86 k's as opposed to 100 and. 30 or whatever it was. I think you're doing yourself a disservice. I'll, I'll follow you. I'll, I'll see all the riding you do. Yeah, I'm trying to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, if you don't know that voice, it, it belongs to Brian Cookson, former president of the UC. Did you, say, did you say president? Yeah, I was president of the uh, UCI for four years. Before that, I was president of British Cycling for 17 years. So, yeah, I've been around a while. And now retired? Yeah, I'm happily uh, retired, riding my bike uh, a lot more and enjoying myself. Yeah. But I've just discovered that you were a competitor here at these championships yeah I did the um, Grand Fondo so called but for us older guys we do the Medio Fondo which is a shorter distance but uh, yeah I was 10th in my age category which we were sprinting for the line for the win so I was best Brit so I was pretty pleased with that so yeah it's good Um, anyone who follows you on social media knows that you're a fan of trees Yep. as well I don't know where that love of trees comes from actually never... well my professional background is landscape architect that's what I uh, qualified as uh, back a long time ago and I did that for most of my career and then moved into urban regeneration which was my mainstream 
paid job whilst I was uh, doing mostly cycling stuff uh, on an honorary basis, voluntary basis. So if you follow, we used to get like a tree a week at least on your socials. I started, during the lockdown, I started doing yeah. a tree of the day. That was what that was about, really. A few other people were doing it, so I thought, oh, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll you know, when I'm out and about, I'll take photographs of trees. Um, I've kind of run out a bit of run out of steam a bit on that because I've kind of I tend to do most of the same routes, so I've run out of uh, routes being the right right uh, yeah, word there. Uh, and uh, so I've, I've kind of lost a bit of steam there, but um, I'm going to try and keep doing it if I see anything remarkable and outstanding. Yeah. Anything good in Glasgow yet? Uh, I haven't seen anything yet, but there's plenty of trees around here. It's a lot greener than it used to be, so uh, that's good, good progress. Well, I'm, I'm, listen, I, I have been, I'm going to tell you honestly, I have been amazed by the event. I thought, I think a lot of people watching the road race yesterday on TV maybe didn't connect with it in the way that we did mm. in the city. I thought, I think this event's left a massive footprint, and I thought the atmosphere in the city yesterday was incredible. What's your experience of it, Bim? Well, I think there were a lot of people were, were querying the um, nature of the course beforehand, particularly the, the, the circuit, the finishing circuit, or call it finishing circuit, it was half the race. Yeah. But actually, you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. If you look at the, the not just the podium, but the top 10, 15 riders, they were the best guys in the world at one day racing, this sort of thing. So I don't think there's any complaints there. I thought it was a brilliant uh, race all around, fantastic circuit. The whole week so far has been uh, absolutely brilliant. The Grand Fondo and Medio Fondo races uh, were really well organized and uh, lots of people outside the road even for us old guys uh, you know ringing bells and shouting and cheering didn't hear anybody uh, who appeared to be unhappy everybody was really pleased to see it it was great and the whole thing's been good I've just been watching the freestyle BMX on uh, in the city center and uh, I'm here now to watch a bit of track racing as well Andrew Bosco, and I, I'm a professional bike fitter in Southern California. What have I just watched? You just watched my wife get third place in the World Championships. How good was that? Oh, you got a name checker. Yeah, Samantha Bosco, of course. It feels good. I'm proud of her, always, of course. There was a moment when you were shouting. I mean, we, we were at the back of the velodrome, but she heard you, right? I, I would like to think so. We, we talk about it a lot to keep her, keep her head down and stay aero, so... That's what I was yelling the whole time, hoping that she would hear me. So tell me about your wife then and uh, her dedication to the sport. Sure. I mean, this is what she does full time. This this is her life. She eats, sleeps, trains, bike riding. So, well, yeah, yeah, all the hard work is paying off. In this country, um, sort of an athlete like your wife would be lottery funded or something like that. So yeah. how do you sort of how do you make it work? Yeah, the national team provides some funding. It's not. It's definitely not enough to live off of. So. I work double time, so that way she can uh, just keep the hope and dream alive. Wow, so you're a proper bike, proper bike husband. Proper bike husband, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Factory dad is what we call it in BMX. <laughs> so do you do you get to ride yourself? Uh, I was supposed to be doing the BMX here, but I fractured my femur eight weeks ago. Oh, so, so you're, so you're uh, listen. Who, so you're a BMX yeah, athlete? Yeah, yeah, I am. And this is her nephew. This is my sister's boy. He's doing the BMX as well. So. Well, there's some good genes yeah, yeah. here. Well, he didn't get his athletic ability from my side of the family. Definitely from his dad's side of the family. So, last year he was world six in his age group. So he's hoping to uh, keep the. Uh, and what's what's been your experience of Glasgow so far? Oh, it's been great. The people have been fantastic. The sights are great. The velodrome's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's been good. Well, congratulations. Thank there's going to be a medal ceremony. You better get yeah, going. Yeah, we should definitely should get down there. Thank you.
Well, Tom, sounds like you uh, captured quite a bit uh, the first ever Super Worlds. And one thing that I was kind of blown away with was just how international it is. You know, the Worlds are oftentimes, you know, a couple years ago, they're in Qatar, they've been in Norway, Austria, and, and usually you do get an international audience. But I think with all the events, you know, as we talked about all the disciplines, it sounded like it really did attract people from all over to Glasgow. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, wherever there's a big cycling event, the Dutch and the Belgians come over anyway, no matter where it was. I mean, I was, in the, I was at the track and I was talking to a guy, um, a Belgian fan, and uh, a, a Belgian track fan specifically. And like he'd been to every Olympics since 1980 in Moscow. So you do attract these hardcore sort of uh, people. But the, the, the thing is, obviously, Glasgow is a, is a big tourist uh, destination, um, particularly for you guys from the States. You know, when you come over and do your sort of grand tours around Europe, you know, Glasgow is part of that. And at the same time that uh, the cycling champs are happening, as you heard, the Edinburgh Festival is happening just down the road in Edinburgh, which brings in an enormous international crowd. So, yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of international, uh, you know, nations represented um, on the streets of Glasgow. Some of them didn't have any idea what was happening. <laughs> they just turned up. Um, but I think with the Super Worlds, um, and particularly what I found is the Grand Fondo events, which, you know, amateurs like myself um, were eligible to race in. Um, we even Am- heard you mean, you mean Cook- amateurs like uh, Vinokurov? Amateurs <laughs> <laughs> like Vinokurov. And also, I spoke to I spoke to you know, Brian Cookson, former president of the UCI, who also competed in that event as well. Um, but that brought um, such a colour because I mean, I know I was speaking to fans from places like Belize and all these sort of lesser-known cycling sort of outposts who all have incredible jerseys, by the way. You know, just to see those people on the streets and particularly. Those first few days in Glasgow when I was there, just after the the Grand Fondo and the Media Fondo, um, those people were all still hanging around. And they, they, they did bring sort of a, a great bit of representation and a great spirit to Glasgow. So, yeah, I, um, I loved it. But I, I'm, I mean, we can hear about what I sort of made of it on the ground. I'm very interested uh, in what you made of it sort of from, from outside and, and in a different time zone. I mean, I loved it. I mean, I think, it, I mean, there's definitely a bit of fatigue after, you know, the Tour de France and the Tour de France Femme. It's, you know, it's every day for, what, a month. You know, there was a short gap, but by the time, you know, the world's rolled around, I was like, oh, I'm excited to wake up and, and watch TV again. And, and I will say, I think the U.S. is one of the best spots to watch by grace and preferably the West Coast, because it's like literally as you're waking up, drinking a cup of coffee, you're not missing any of your day to watch the bike race. Um, but it just blew me away that I could wake up every morning and turn on, you know, you know, turn on my live feed and watch what was what was happening. I mean, I I love the fact that they've experimented with this and tried it. And you know, and I also watched events that I wouldn't have otherwise watched. You know, I've obviously you know did Cape Epic this year, so I've been more interested in the mountain bike scene. So to be able to watch you know the short track and the downhill and just see people you know the best athletes in the world compete kind of all within a very tight window. Um, it it kind of felt like the Olympics for me a little bit. Well, on that note, actually, that was interesting because I, I was thinking about, obviously, it's not as grand as the Olympics, of course, or, you know, things like the World Cup. But um, what those, I think what I found, what those events have, um, particularly as a sort of TV viewer, they have um, an evening program. So, this, that, that, you know, when we're all at home in front of our TVs and our free time, we, we you know, we can... Um, 
we can we can watch it and enjoy it. And I think what happened with the worlds for me, the the track became really central to it. You know, the track's got that brilliant evening program, super exciting every single night. And when that finished, because that finished before the end of the championships, for me, I got a little bit lost post that. But there's, I mean, there's no way you can extend the track for. 11 days, I don't think, <laughs> you know, but um, so I did, so I did lose a little maybe and, and particularly at the moment, the football season in the UK has just kicked off. So obviously if there's a fight for space when it comes to, you know, covering sport and there's been so many other events as well. So I did lose that. But on the other, on the flip side, if you were in Glasgow, now how, how many worlds have you been to, Buzz? uh two only yeah i went to oh, i did one in moscow in 2009 and then 2012 i actually did three i did Den- yeah moscow juniors denmark uh u23 and then valkenberg u23 okay so what can happen with a lot of these is the cycle the cycling's in town but unless you know where to look for it um you might miss it it can be happening you know the other side of town or outside of town because this happened the road races in the heart of glasgow and even when they weren't happening the barriers are still up it in the city it was inescapable you know cycling is in town the the fan park in in george square in the center of town was 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 packed the whole time and i thought you know that's why you do these things in a city. You do these things so they are visible. I know they cause a little bit of disruption. But yeah, for me, if I go to a world, I want to go to a city and I want to see it happening right in front of me. And I want people who don't know it's happening to also witness it. So that I thought that part of it was great. Yeah, and I know that the the road race in particular uh, received some criticism for being, you know, this the world's criterium championships, which I've never done a criterium with a 14k circuit. That seems more, you know, that's like a, that's a big, a big kermesse. Um, but it was cool to see, you know, for every category, tons of fans out on the course. And, you know, it, we were speaking before this, you know, a very British or, you know, course, you know, somewhat rough roads, you know, technical, um, but it was exciting, and I think, you know, for as much criticism as it's received, you know, the best riders won in, in every category, you know, with a lot of Kopecky and Vanderpool, you know, these are these are the riders that everyone expected to win, and they won, and I think that's, like, the coolest thing to see is when a course really does allow, you know, the cream to rise to the top. Yeah, absolutely, we've heard that said. I mean, um, one thing I would say, though, Boz, um, we call it the Super Worlds, right? And, you know, all the sort of cycling events... Is- supposed to be represented there was no gravel so, um, but but 2027 I'm assured in Haute Savoie that gravel is going to be a part of it and I know you've talked about sort of retirement or moving towards the back of the bunch three more three or four more years to get into those worlds oh boy I don't know I don't know um like I said this would be a good time to say I my wife just announced uh well I've known but we are having another child so three four years I got that I knew it I, just, I got that vibe I got it I knew it was coming but um, well, in three or four years, I might be able. They have like a masters thirty-five plus, right? I could probably jump in, jump in the masters category by then. Um, it's hard to say what the future will hold, but it would be cool, and especially the Haute Savoie. You know, obviously, I'd love to come. Would have loved to come to Scotland, um, having some Scottish heritage. But the Haute Savoie is one of my one of my favorite regions of France. So. Yeah, we've just got, got some time to think about it. Got some time to uh, get deprived on sleep and then recover from it and, and come back in uh, full strength. Um, I, I guess we should, before we sort of finish, we should sort of talk about the sort of the main sort of headlines. I mean, the main sort of who's your who, who's your sort of hero from the event? Obviously, Lotta Kopecky probably takes that honour. I think. 
Yeah, she does. With, with, with the medals on the track and then with the medals, you know, well, the road race um, just this past weekend. You know, but also I would like to give a, a shout out to, you know, Chloe Diger, who's an American rider who, you know, obviously didn't feature as much in the road race. But, you know, she's had a really tough couple of years um, just to come back from it, you know, and, and as someone who, you know, has had like every athlete's had injury. Um, you know, I probably tend to follow the American cyclists more than I follow, you know, maybe obscure, um, you know, other other areas of, of the discipline. But, yeah, I mean, and that was just in a dominating performance as well. I mean, I know it was close in the end, but, you know, to come back and, you know, like Lotto Kopecky, you know, won a medal on the track and, and the time trial, um, which is great to see. But, I mean, a single performance, I mean, there's so much wonderful stuff to see, you know, Pidcock on the mountain bike and, you know, Pauline Prevost on the mountain bike. I mean, really we kind of saw all the the marquee riders in the world you know kind of on peak form and i think that's maybe also a little bit attributed to the change of calendar you know especially on the road seeing the worlds in august and not in october and that was you know i listed the world championships i went to i never went as a pro because by october i wanted to go back to the u.s and call it an off season i didn't want to you know get fit for you know a 270k race uh i have we have to shout out katie archibald as well you know Mm, very very um, emotional uh, championships for her. Um, we all know that she, she lost her partner, Rab, um, just over a year ago, a year and a half ago. And Rab obviously was involved in designing the mountain bike course as well. So to see her, I mean, she didn't have the best championships, but she came away, you know, she came away with a jersey. Um, and she is obviously in, in, you know, in her home nation. And she, she is so loved. I was at the track um, with a friend of mine, Andrew, I just bumped into, and his daughter was in town. And, you know, Katie is such a role model to, to his daughter. So, you know, I was absolutely I was absolutely thrilled for her. Yeah, that was great. To, and I mean, you know, it's something that we'd kind of talked about before, you know, and the connection of this world's to to Rab Wardell, who, you know, has been a guest on this podcast, I think, two or three times. Um, but, you know such an you know influential person in, in the Scottish mountain bike scene you know who kind of you know was making not a comeback but you know was really kind of targeting this mountain bike marathon world championships in Scotland you know part of the you know one of the designers of the course um, you know to not be there but I think you know there was a presence and I saw a lot of people you know on social media kind of call out you know what a wonderful what an amazing marathon course it was you know a lot of the North American athletes who went over like this is an amazing course and uh, that's credit to to Rab and his legacy he's left there well Buzz I mean all I can say is you know thanks for uh, sending me it was a it was pretty sort of I was a pretty late addition to the lineup but uh, you know I was so uh, glad to, and happy to be in town for well, I, I just thought it was monumental and also you know Scotland um, has become a, a, quite a big part of my life recently you know our, our mutual friend Rich who passed away recently was the reason we know each other um, was a proud Scotsman and I've spent time up in Scotland riding in his honour uh, recently so just to go about that and he would have loved it by the way he would have just adored it yeah, haggis, haggis all around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, Tom, thanks so much for, for filling in the gap. Um, I don't have to thank you for editing and producing this episode because everyone knows that you did that, plus you recorded all the audio. So uh, until next time, stay safe and stay healthy and appreciate it. Thanks so much, Tom. <laughs> <laughs>